1: My name is Johnny. I'm from Calgary. Um, I work with an organization called uh, the Send Network, which is part of NAM, which is the North American Mission Board, and I help um, catalyze and start churches uh, in southern Alberta. I used to do it all over the province, and now I'm just in uh, Calgary, but great to be here, Rob. Uh, and Karen are good friends of ours, and so I'm honored to be here this morning. Let's just open in a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll get started. Uh, Father God, uh, we just thank you. Um, We just thank you that you are so good to us. We don't deserve anything, and yet, God, you give us so much. So we thank you for this building. We thank you for a place that we can gather that's warm, that's beautiful, that we can gather with other people who love you, uh, that we don't have to be alone. So, Father, we thank you that you've created us for relationship and you've you've created us to be in, in groups of community that want to praise and serve you. So, I thank you for Crosspoint. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless this church as they move and want to expand and, and see more people reach with the good news of the gospel in this area and throughout Edmonton. So, Lord, I pray for blessings upon August October 20th that, that you would just bring new people, that this church would grow and flourish. And most importantly, Jesus, that you would be lifted up, that you would be glorified, and you alone. So Father, I thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a personal God, that you don't leave us to ourselves to figure out who you are or what you expect of us, but you've given us your word, that you've written it down, not only in paper, but you wrote it down on Jesus when he came and lived here 2,000 years ago. And you've given us this, this book of 66 books that we know is true. We know that it's filled with your promises from the past, that we've seen them fulfilled. And we expectantly look to the future of the promises yet to be fulfilled. We know they will because you are true. And you are truth. So, Lord, I pray by your spirit that you would speak to us here this morning. By your word, may you only, Jesus, be lifted up. May I not say anything that would be offensive to anyone other than proclaiming you, Jesus, the crown, the victor, Lord of lords and king of kings. We pray this in all your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Uh, this morning, uh, my, my message is called, I Forget, and, and we want to look at some gospel reminders. Um, so I want to remind you this morning uh, about the gospel uh, and some great things, and, and we're going to look at, a, at a, a familiar passage in Scripture. Um, and so I want to talk about forgetting things, and, and I don't know about you, but I tend to forget a lot of things. Um, And sometimes I think I'm kind of losing my mind, and I wonder if it's because I grew up in the 70s as a child, and before helmets, and before concussions were a big thing, and now you hear about concussions, and I wonder if I'm kind of losing my mind because I forget things all the time. But I think a lot of us do forget. So I was reading some studies this week, and And it made me feel better. So if you're a person here that forgets things, maybe this will help you a little bit. Uh, A new study found that that actually you're not going crazy when you forget your keys on a regular basis. In fact, the average person, you and me, uh, maybe you're above average, so you maybe forget more things, uh, forgets four things a day. Um, That's good to know. Uh, It was 2,000 adults. Um, Ladies, it should be noted that 50% of guys rely on you in a relationship to remember things. That's true in my marriage. It's true in my relationship. Uh, when we're leaving things, my wife goes, okay, do you have your keys? Do you have your phone? Do you have your head? Is your head screwed on? <laughs> yes, I've got my head. So true story, we're leaving yesterday to come up here to preach, and we're driving down, and my wife goes, do you have everything? Do you have your Bible? Do you have..." It? And I go, I forgot my pants. Okay, drive home, and that happens many times. Many times. But the opposite is said that most women say that they can't rely on the other half to remember things. My wife's like this, she makes lists. We're going somewhere and she makes lists three to four days in advance. And I go, honey, what if you forget to put something on that list? What happens? She hasn't answered the question, um, but it's a problem, I think. But let's, some of the things that, that happen we misplace, we misplace keys, uh, forgetting things in your grocery list. Guys, ever get sent to the grocery store and you've got a list? It's easy. There's five things on the list, and you forget two of them. <laughs> Happened to me. Um, people's names when you're introducing them. Uh, this is a guy I work with, or this is someone I've just met. Um, forget responding to an email. Ever think you've responded to an email in your head and you go, I, I, I know I responded. And you realize, and you go back into your computer and go, uh, it was in my head that I responded. Or same with a text. I, I know I replied, but I forgot to send it. You know, we, we forget things. Um, friends and family's phone numbers. How many phone numbers do you know? I know one, and I forget mine all the time. I know my wife's, and that's it. Everything else is on my phone. Um, forgetting to flush, men. Um, that's why everything's automatic all the time now. It's for men, because we forget all the time to flush. Um, how about this? Ever look for your phone while you're on it? <laughs> Happens to me all the time. Um, renew car insurance anybody ever forget to put their car insurance when you get pulled over yeah. yes many times uh, and one time true story I go honey have I, what have I ever done that's, that's kind of funny that I could share that I forgot she goes you forgot our kid at church <laughs> oh yeah she went home I was left at church Didn't to this day doesn't even know we forgot him at church he just thought that he got to play longer with his friends at church but we forget things all the time. Most of the time, it doesn't have dire consequences, but sometimes it does. Um, last week, there was a story in the paper. A man named Juan Rodriguez in New York drove to work, and he forgot his two twins in the car. Eight hours later, he came back, and they were, they were gone. They, yeah, he forgot them in the car all day. And it was 108 degrees when he got back, and they were no longer living. So sometimes, sometimes we have horrible consequences that happen when we don't remember things. Um, my son is a pilot, and when we go flying together, we, he has checklists all the time. We start the plane, he goes through a checklist. We taxi on the runway, he has a checklist. We take off, he's got a checklist. We are flying, he's got a checklist. When we land, there's another checklist. Why? Why? because because we forget. You see, you don't want your pilot forgetting things. You don't want to forgetting, oh, man, I I knew that, but I just forgot. You can't have your pilot forgetting four things on a flight, and that's why there's checklists. And and this morning, I want to open up some of the one of the Psalms and scriptures that is, is kind of like a gospel checklist to remind us of what's important and sometimes we forget what's important. We forget the gospel. Um, I'm not sure where you're at today. If I was to ask you, where are you at on a scale of one to 10? If, if one was I'm horrible and I, I can't actually believe that I got here this morning and got out of bed to 10, where you're just, life is amazing. I, I'm having, like, there's nothing better could happen in my life. It's just, I'm, I'm living great. What would your number be this morning? Don't ask anybody. I'm, uh, and you don't have to give the church answer, okay? Yeah, I'm a nine, a nine a and a half, maybe. This is on. I'm not going to tell Pastor Rob. This is just for you in your own mind. Where would you be completely honest with yourself? What's your number, where you're at? Maybe you're a 7 to 10. Things are great. You know what happens when I'm a 7 to 10? Is I think I did it all. I think my success and my joy and my stuff is all because I'm such a good person. Because I'm so good at what I do or because I did something to create my good things and I become proud. I think I'm responsible for the 7 to 10. And I forget and so this morning, if you are in the 7 to 10, praise God. And I, I pray that, that you will see through the words of Scripture today that it's not because you're such a great person or because you do such great things. It's because you've been blessed. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're a 4 to 6. Doing okay. Life's not awesome, but it's not horrible. It's been worse. It's, it's been better. It's been worse. But I'm just getting along. Well, see, I pray that this, this this psalm will encourage you to progress a little farther up that scale by remembering some of the things that maybe you and I have forgotten about the goodness of the gospel. And maybe you're here today. And you're a one to three. You got some bad news this week. You're worried about that lump. You're worried about going to the doctor. Someone got a bad diagnosis. You're plagued with stuff you've done in your past. You can't get past it. What's your number? See, I believe if, if, if you're in that place, I pray that, that God's word today will move you farther to the right on that scale by remembering of who God is and what he's done for us. So no matter where you're at, I believe that this psalm is a gift for us today it's Psalm 103. So if you want to go in your Bible, turn to the psalm, it's about the middle of your Bible. And the psalms are are just songs and and collections that that are put together um, by psalmists praising God. There's five books in the psalms. And they're they're basically songs, worship songs, poems that were written to God, about God, about where we're at in life. And this psalm is, is one of my favorites. And and I'm sure it will be after we finish walking through it today for you. Um, and I just, I just love God's Word because He's so good to us. He's so good. He's so true. And He's so practical for wherever each one of us is at this morning. So let's start in verse 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. You see, the psalmist, this is David. He's saying, don't forget The benefits. And why is he saying that? Because he forgets. I forget. You forget. We forget the benefits. We forget what it means and what God has done for us. So the first thing we do is we forget who God is. We forget whose God is. You see, it says here, Bless the Lord. Who's the Lord? You see in your Bibles, if you look down there, it says Lord and it's in capitals. It's not a misprint. It's printed there for a reason in your English Bible, because when you see Lord in the Bible, that means Yahweh. It's it's the proper name for God, like a Peter or John. It's the word that I am is. It's reminding us that God absolutely is. It means that God never had a beginning. He never has an end. God is independent, He is absolute truth, and He's the standard of the beauty. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. He is the creator of the universe. He is the self-existent one. We, you and I, are human beings. He is. I am. In fact, God's name is so holy that Jews would not even dare to say it even today. Many Orthodox Jews will say G, and they leave the letter, the the vowel in the middle blank, and they say G slash D because they have reverence, such reverence for God when God is telling Moses to, to go talk to Pharaoh, he says, who shall I say sent me? <coughs> he says this, Exodus 3, 14 and 15. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus, I am to be remembered throughout all generations. You see, when we see the word Lord, we bless the Lord. We, we're blessing not someone like ourselves. We're blessing the holy God who created this universe. And sometimes we can be flippant with how we use God's name. And I just want to caution us when we take God's name in vain, when we, when we do uh, letters, when we're, we're uh, texting. Like, let's, let's, let's just not take God's name just easily. His name is to be blessed. He's, 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 yes, he's our friend. He's our helper through the Holy Spirit. He's not just our homeboy. He's not just like us. He's God. He deserves to be reverenced. And we are good to reverence something that's not like us. It says that he is holy, which means that he is other. He is separate from us. Oh, it's so good to have someone that's not like us that we can worship and praise so, what does it mean to, to bless the Lord? To bless, it means to, to give praise, to give affection, to gratitude. It says, Bless him that all that is within me, our whole nature, intellect, emotion, feeling, sentiment, our brain, our heart, our lungs, our tongue, is to praise God. And so, so if you're in this place and, and sometimes you wonder if I raise my voice, if I raise my hands or, or kneel or something, people are going to think I'm weird. No. It's okay because we're praising the God of the universe. We're <laughs> praising the I, I am. He is holy. He is separate. He is large and in charge. It says, the psalmist also says that we should not forget his benefits. The reality is if you are doing really well, it's not because you're smarter than other people. Maybe you are. But the reality is you are given that brain Maybe you have more things than other people. It's, it's, you've been given a, an ability to make money. Maybe you have more gifts that you, you're on stage and you've been given more gifts to do things like that. It's not because you're better. It's because you've been given something that you want to steward for the kingdom of God. And so if you're in a good place, it's not because you're so great. It's because God is so great and he's blessed you. And that's why we say bless the Lord and when we bless the Lord, what we're, we're saying is we're, we're, we're praising him because he's seen what we need and he's given it to us. So we praise him back. When he blesses us, he answers the needs that we have and he gives us things that we need and that's how he blesses us. See, because God does not need anything. Second thing, what we forget, the second thing we forget is we forget what he has done. You see, I, all the time, I forget what God has done. It says in verse 3, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. And diseases there, is, it's a metaphor for sin. Yes, he does heal some diseases. Not all he can, but sometimes he chooses not to. But in the future, in heaven, all diseases will be dead, will be gone, will be finished. Verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Oh, I love that. He redeems you from the pit. Now, I want to ask you, again, not out loud. But what has God redeemed you from? Where would you be if God did not reach down and redeem you from the pit? If you took the sin that you've been in or the sin that you do and if he had allowed that to continue on, where would you be? And we could sit all afternoon because each one of us would have stories, man, if God didn't rescue me, this is where I would be today. If God didn't do something for me, I, this is where I would be. I wouldn't be alive today. And we would hear story after story in this room because that's what God does. And if he's done it in the past, he will continue to do it because his word is true. It says that we are crowned with steadfast love and mercy. The I am, the God that created this world says that you and I, if you know him, that you are crowned with steadfast love and mercy. Now, now, those of you that are Instagram. You ever take shots that you want to make yourself look good and post it and how great your life is? Uh, my wife and I were on vacation uh, a little while back, and, and it's funny because we're in the pool, and you see these people, and you go, okay, there's, there's an Instagrammer, and they come down, and they spend like an hour taking shots of themselves trying to find this perfect pose so people would somehow think that they're okay because they're posting this. Uh, I, I read this week online that there was a, a girl that did this, and she was posing that she was going hiking. Um, and, and she had this water bottle, and she was all like, I'm going hiking, and you know, great for fitness and stuff. like." This. It was in her backyard. She wasn't going hiking. <laughs> but she wanted to, to somehow, we, when people think better, we want people to think well of us. And friends, tell, listen to this. The I am the creator of this universe, if you know him, has crowned you with love and mercy. You don't need Instagram or Twitters or Likes. You don't need that. Because the creator of the universe has said that about you. You know, that is amazing. Now, if you are here and you're yet not a believer or you're just checking out God, I'm so glad you're here. Cross point, that's why they exist. They want to see other people come to know Christ. But the reality is, is that, isn't that good news? If, if, if the creator of this universe would actually say to you, man, I'm crowning you with steadfast love and mercy, mercy a love that never ends, All of us have had love fail us in this life. But God says, my love never ends. It's steadfast. Oh, that's such a good place to be. If you're a person here that says, man, I I just want to be loved. First and foremost, I want to tell you, if you know Christ, you are loved. Crowned your head of steadfast love and mercy. I hope someone needs to hear that today. That is God's word. Crowned with, it. you don't need anything else. Crowned with it, so good. And we do that, and, and yet sometimes I complain. I complain about my life. I complain that I don't have this, that, or another thing. I complain that I'm not in this place. Really, I complain about that. We complain about things, and yet we're crowned with steadfast love and mercy. I, I am. Oh, that's good. Isn't that good? That is so good. <coughs> Verse five. Again, we're talking about God who satisfies you with good so that you, your youth is renewed like that of the eagles. Oh, what are good things in your life? What are some good things in your life that you aren't yet thank, you're not thanking God for on a regular basis? What are some good things? I would encourage you to write some of those down. Good things. You know, when, you're, when you're, everything works well in your body, you're, you're not really that thankful. I was sick last week. Um... And I, my wife gets really frustrated because I get really cranky and complainy and moany. And like she has babies and, and doesn't complain at all. And I've got a headache and I'm complaining. But you know when your body doesn't work well, you, you go, man, I, you know, you don't thank the Lord for different things. But we got to thank the Lord for the good things that he gives us. satisfies our soul. I, I love this. It says satisfies. The word here, it's in present tense. It's a continual action. He satisfies. And see, if we're unhappy, if, if we think that, that, man, I wish I had more, the, the reality is, is sometimes if your number isn't farther down the scale than you would like it, maybe you're looking for satisfaction in things that you shouldn't be looking for satisfaction in. You see, because when we have a relationship with God through Jesus, we don't need anything else. We're fully satisfied. And it's our idolatry that takes us to look at other things to bring us joy or peace or happiness. But see, it's, it's an ongoing. Renewed like eagles, and, and here it's used as eagles for strength and vitality and youthful endurance. Verse 6 and 7. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all those who are oppressed. Bet you if we, if we sat around this room and said, hey, how has the Lord worked for you when you're oppressed? How has he, how has he redeemed you? And again, we would hear story after story after story. He made known his ways to Moses, the acts to the people of Israel. You see, here the psalmist is, is referring to how God rescued the people. The people were, were, in, Israel, were in Egypt for 400 years in slavery. And they cried out to God, and God heard their voice, and this is what the psalmist is referring to. He cared for them, he rescued his people, clothing and caring and perfect protection for 40 years in the morning, they had manna. At night, they had quail. They had water. Their shoes didn't wear out for 40 years. Why? Because God sustains us. He sustained his people then, and he'll sustain us now. So if you're in a place and go, man, I don't know if God's going to come through. We look back. That's why we have scripture. We look back. We remember, oh yeah, God came through for them. He's going to come through again. He'll come through for me. Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Oh, isn't that good? The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Uh, parents, wouldn't you, don't you wish that your parents, would, your kids would say that about you when they do something wrong? The Lord is merciful and gracious. Verse 9, he will not chide, always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. That's the good news. Isn't that good news? That we don't get what we deserve. Uh, A couple years ago, my wife and I were, were heading out to a campground on a Wednesday to get a campsite for the weekend because it was all filled up and we had to go put a tent out. So we're driving through these fields. There's nobody around, and we're just having a great time and looking forward to the weekend and just talking and And then all of a sudden, there's a police car coming this way, straight at me. I made a quick glance at my speedometer, and I couldn't believe how fast I was going because I wasn't meaning to go that fast. It was just it just happened. I know that sounds like an excuse, officer. I'm not meaning it to make sound like an excuse, but I looked. Oh man, I'm so dead. I might as well just, and this is the first time I've ever done it, because usually I, I, you know, I kind of justify it in my mind, and I'm, I'm not that, that gracious of a person. When it comes to sc- police officers, I think, okay, I'm just going to pull right over right now, and hopefully he won't seize my car. It was that bad. And um, I don't think I was being dangerous, because there was just, in, I may have hit I mean, a gopher, but that was probably the only thing I could hit where, where I was. But I said, you know, I'm going to keep going. So he pulls, stops, pulls around, comes behind me and starts following me for 15 minutes. (laughs) And I'm like, pull me over, will you? And then he just stopped and turned around and went the other way. And I'm like, okay, I deserved everything he had, I had coming because I was completely in the wrong and I deserved it. And then I didn't get what was coming to me. And that's what God does with us. You see, we, we have walked away from God. God is completely, 100% unfair. God is un- unfair. Because we don't get what we deserve. You see, I myself personally have walked away from God. I've wanted to do things my way. I've wanted to follow things. I've found joy in other things other than God. I've basically said, God, I, I don't want you. I want to do things my way, and that is sin. And the Bible tells that each each of us, each one of us has done that. And for that we deserve death, which is complete separation from God. And so, friends, each one of us deserves an eternity completely separated from God in anything good. That's what I deserve. The Bible calls it hell. Complete separation from anything good, pure, or loving is a separation from God. And that's what we all deserve. But you know what the good news is? You know what the gospel is? Jesus. Jesus took what we deserved upon himself upon the cross. That's why we display the cross. It's just not fair. He was perfect. And I'm a sinner, and he took it for me. And if you're here in this place and yet don't know Christ, this this is not a scare you. This is this is a beauty. The beauty of what Jesus did for us. The beauty of God's steadfast love and mercy for you and me. That he would punish his only son for you and for me. So that we could separate have a relationship with God in heaven. That is such good news. I can't earn it. You can't earn it. I don't deserve it. It's all unmerited grace. All I did to deserve it is sin. That's the only part of my salvation that I had a part of was my own sin. God had everything else. And he gave it to me as a free gift. We don't get what we deserve. Jesus got what you deserved. He got what I deserved. And that's why. That's why he's my Lord and Savior. Not only did he go to the cross, he went to the tomb, he died, but he was raised again the third day, conquering sin and death forever. Saying, death no more. So we can believe the promises that this will be from everlasting to everlasting. We'll get there in a second. Verse 11, now, this, this, is, this is the illustration of it. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, and so great is His steadfast love to those who fear Him. How high is the heavens? Um, they say that the, so far, they say that the, the, the universe is 27.4 billion light years across. Um, spoiler alert, that's not true. Um, that's just what we can see in, the, in the, the more telescopes they get and understand and develop, the bigger it gets. Which is basically, they have no, it's just infinity. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And Friends, that's what God's steadfast love towards us is. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Isn't that good news that you're so loved? Out of nothing you've done other than you've said, yes, I need, I need help, I need a savior. Verse 12 and 13, oh, this, is, this gets better. As far as the east is from the west, So far does he remove our transgressions from us. As far as east is from the west. If I keep going east towards Regina, Saskatoon, or wherever I'm going that way, I will keep going and keep going and keep going and I will never start going west. I will keep going east. Never stops. So that's what the Bible says that your sins have been removed from you. So, those of you that are in this place, and I know there's people in this place, that you're haunted by your past. You're haunted by things that you've done, and you just can't get over it. Friends, I want to tell you this morning that God's gotten over it. He punished Jesus in your place for that. And so I encourage you to, to accept that today is like, man, what I've done in the past, it's forgiveness, it's removed. As far as the East is from the West, it's, it's gone. And as long as you continue to, to think that you've got to do something to make yourself feel bad about it, what you're saying is that Jesus wasn't enough. You're saying that you're going to be your own savior for this. And I want to encourage you, friends, this morning, you don't have to be your own savior. You can't be your own savior. There's only one savior, and that his name is Jesus. And he says, let me take my sins upon you. If you are here in this place, and you go, man, I, I, I don't know God yet. I've done so many horrible things. There's no way that he could forgive me. Yes, he can. And you say, it's impossible. No, it's not impossible because Jesus took your sin and the hell and the separation from God that you and I deserved and he took it upon himself on the cross. He exchanged his perfect righteousness for our horrible sin. It's called the great exchange. 2 Corinthians 5.21. So if you're, if you're haunted by your past, trust that God is good. Trust that your sins are f- completely forgiven. Other things that we want to be thankful for. You ever thank God for your breath? We're told that we have 17,000 to 23,000 breaths each day. Gifts from God. Acts 17, 25 says, um, nor is he served by human hands as though he need anything since he himself gives to all mankind, life and breath and everything. Job 33.4 says this, the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The fact that you and I are breathing right now is a gift from God, a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for my breath. Thank you for my health. Verse 14, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust As for a man, his days are like grass, he flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children. Oh, that's such good words. I have three grown sons, and thankfully pray I praise the Lord that each one of them loves Jesus. It's not because I'm a great dad. It's because of God's good mercy, because of his promises, his steadfast love. Do you know that you are loved beyond comparison, that you are loved so much? It's amazing. Verse 13 says, as the father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Oh, that's so good. Some of us don't understand that because we haven't had good fathers. But we all know what a father should be. And those of us who are fathers, we know when we're being a good father, we know when we're, we're lacking. It's the metaphor that's used throughout Scripture. It's why God uses it, him as father, provider, protector, lover, forgiver. See, these verses are telling us that life is passing. We are frail, we will all die However, he's calling us to everlasting life with him. Everlasting life. That's so good. Not only do we not have to worry about things here on earth because of what Jesus has done, we don't need to worry about the future because he said, I've I've got it. I've got it. The reason why Jesus had to come and die is because God was holy. Remember the first verse? Bless the Lord. He's holy. His holy name. He can't have anything that is with, with blemish. And because of Jesus, he sees us as perfect without blemish. What does it mean to fear God? To fear God is not like a scary movie, scared out of our pants. To fear God is to know that he is the I am, that he is in control, and that we need him, and we can't do it ourselves. And lastly, what we forget, the third thing that we forget is we forget our response. We forget our response to what God has done. Verse 19 says this, The Lord established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. You see, we do what he says. Why? Because he is the I am. He's the only one deserving to be followed and worshipped. But we, we don't do it because to get accepted... We follow God because we are accepted. And it's out of love that we do that. That's the difference from Christianity from any other religion or philosophy in the world is that we, in every other philosophy or religion, says you've got to do this to appease God. You've got to do this to get close to God. Not in Christianity. God came down to us through Jesus. And because of that, we go, oh, God's done this. We're crowned with steadfast love and mercy. We're so loved by the Father. Oh, I just want to give back to him. And that's why we do his will. That's why we do his word, because of our acceptance, not to be accepted. You see, we're called to worship. And that's what this morning we were doing so well, this morning of just praising God. Why do we come to church and praise God every week? Because he's so good, because he so deserves it. And it's so good for our soul to get our minds off ourselves and to put them on this almighty creator, the I am the I am who has a personal and desires a personal relationship with you and I. So what does he require? What's the will? What does God want us to do? He's told us, Micah 6, 8 says this, he has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness and to walk humbly with our God. James 1:27 says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. You see, how does this happen today? How does God look after the oppressed in verse 6? He says that God will look after the oppressed. Friends, God looks after the oppressed through us as people. He can do miracles, and He does miracles, and He can miraculously do things, but He chooses to use His body, His church, His bride, to show that to other people, to help the oppressed That's what he calls you and I to do. Why? To get accepted? No, because we are accepted. Because we don't need anything. We don't need any affirmation. We don't need any more forgiveness because we've been given it all through God. We're called to simply give of that forgiveness. We don't need anything because Jesus completely satisfies us. We can serve others at our own expense because of what Jesus did at the expense of himself. There's nothing too much that Jesus can ask of us because he's given his life for us. I'm gonna ask the the worship team to come up. So where are you at? We forget things all the time. But make this, hopefully the psalm has been a checklist for us that we not forget who he is for what he's done and what our response is. Have you forgotten some of these things? Have you, been, have you forgotten how loved you are? How you're crowned with steadfast love and mercy? How the things and the stuff that you've done in your past, if you've asked Christ to forgive you, that that's completely forgiven? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the breath that you have is a gift from God? Do you believe that the health that you have is a gift from God? They're all gifts. So based on these, these great promises of God's Word, where's your number today? Where's your number after remi- being reminded of some of these great truths of God's Word? I pray that it's just inch to the right a little bit. And if you're way at the top and you can't go any higher, I pray that you... That the reminders that we've had in scriptures go, it's not because you're so good. It's because we serve such a great God. I pray that if you're at the one that you've maybe gone to 1.1 or maybe 2 or 3, because you have hope in the future, because God is truthful. He can be trusted. He gave everything to show his steadfast love for you and me. And that was in the person of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and yet don't know Christ, I pray that you come talk to someone today and say, Man, I, I want that. Man, I would love to be crowned with steadfast love and mercy. I would love for the stuff that I've done in the past to be completely wiped away. Oh, that would be so good. That'd be good news. That's the gospel. I talk to myself or someone on stage or one of the, the staff that's here, person sitting beside you. The beauty of the gospel is that we simply say, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I can't do this on my own. I've sinned. I've walked away from you. I deserve complete separation from you in death for the rest of my life. But I want to trust in your perfect life. I want to take your perfect righteousness and I want to place it on my record. I want to believe that you died on the cross for my sins, that you rose again, that you're seated at the right hand of God in heaven, and you're coming back one day for me. I believe that. And thirdly, that I commit, so I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to follow you. I want, I want to know that these promises are true for me because I want to be your child. You can do that today. It's so good. It's just such good news. Let me pray for us and then we'll continue to worship God through song. Father God, it is thank you for your reminders of us today. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you for your steadfast love. Thank you for being a perfect father. And thank you for sending your son to die in my place, in our place. Jesus, you are so good. You are so amazing. We worship, we praise you. And as we sing hallelujah, we want to praise the Lord. We want to praise you, Yahweh, for who you are and what you've done. We want to praise you because you are I am. You are the God that has never had a beginning, will never have an end. You're all loving, all knowing, all powerful. And we praise you and we worship you I pray for my friends here this morning, Jesus, I pray that, that you would continue this week to remind them of the words in your word of how good you are, of how amazing you are, of the gifts that you give us and the benefits that you give us every day. Bring those to our memory this week. May we sing of them all week, God, of how good you are. And we want to give you praise, and glory, because you are the only one that deserves it. We pray this in your precious and holy name Jesus.
0: Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.